As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stripe Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Well, a beautiful afternoon for a good game of football now, and it looks as though we have the makings of it. Barnes has come in. Oh, a fine goal by John Barnes. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Matt Messiano and Jordan Weimer here for you today. Jordan, how's your week been? Yeah, very good so far. Uh, obviously, very very early on, but um, yeah, making it through. Another Watford game in just a day's time, so uh, yeah, it's moving quickly. Yeah, yeah, we've missed a couple actually since we've uh, we've been away. Um, we didn't manage to cover the Sheffield Wednesday game, so we'll briefly touch on that, and then we'll talk more about Cardiff and also the off the field stuff, including the transfer window. Um, Watford travelled to Hillsborough last Wednesday. It was a uh, well. Quite a, a dour one in the end, but I suppose as the away team, it's never a bad thing to get a point, is it, Jordan? No, no. It's um, you know, I think it, it was a it was a tough game. Um it wasn't it was not great conditions. We didn't play particularly well, felt like a, a kind of bad day at the office sort of game. Um you could see the, you could see the fatigue on the players out there, and I think that carried through into the into the next one as well. Um one of those championship fixtures that when you look back on the season as a whole is is, is rather forgettable, I'd say. Mm. But then when you consider that Sheffield Wednesday are in the relegation zone, they've not been playing that great. Yes, performances have improved um, since their, their new manager came in. But realistically, that's a game that the the, the Watford higher-ups would have identified as one that should be three points, right? Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, should be as hard. I think in the Championship is always going to be hard in that sense, but... You know, it's one you're targeting as a as a potential a potential victory, especially if you are looking to kind of break into that into that playoff um, position as well. You know, you, you you can't let too many of those games slide, um, and and that again that follows into the the following one against Cardiff as well. These these are, these are ones that they go quite quickly. Um, you find yourself in a position where you're you're not able to catch up. So we haven't got too much leeway now. Um, you really hope that we do perhaps 
learn a little bit from these two fixtures and and, and try and find a way to to kind of keep ourselves within touching distance. Mm. And that um, Sheffield Wednesday draw ended a, a January full of draws, actually. It was a, a draw against Southampton in the Cup, a draw against Bristol City, another draw against Plymouth Argyle. It was just the um, the two victories, actually, for Watford against Chesterfield and against Queen's Park Rangers in, in that January. Other than that, a, a lot of single points being gained. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's, a, it's been a tough time for us. I think the fixtures have really started to kind of show on the players. Um, you know, that, that little bit lacking of sharpness, concentration at times, a little bit lower tempo. Um, we need to, yeah, we need to remedy that. And we haven't exactly got much of a break. You know, the last thing we need really is that that replay in the FA Cup. So, it, yeah, we'll, we'll get onto that. But I think um, it's tough because you look at the, you look on the performances overall, there's been some ups and downs. You look at the, the results as a whole from a larger scale and, what was it? Was it 16 or 18 unbeaten? What, what kind of what the, the number was now? Maybe it was 16 unbeaten or so, which which is good in itself. But, you know, when you when you consider that we could have turned a few of those draws into wins, you know, the league table would have looked uh, a little bit different by now. Yeah, there wasn't really much notable to talk about the Sheffield Wednesday game other than a good performance from Hamer and um, a good performance mm. from Matty Pollock, who um, was playing in his first league start, I think, was it? Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he came in and... We, we thought that he might and he, he came in that that night and he, he did pretty you know did pretty well he kept it simple obviously playing against a Sheffield Wednesday side that did cause some difficulty a little bit different to the Cardiff team but it, it wasn't an easy game and yeah he was he was good um, you know a couple of missed chances you know obviously the Martins one is, is one that sticks out there but uh, it wasn't our best performance and I think as I said you know could have Sheffield Wednesday would be a tougher test than I think maybe we considered but um, Pollock was one of the one of the better players in, in that performance yeah so we moved on to the Cardiff game and Pollock rightfully kept his place. Did he manage to uh, keep up the performance, though? A tougher game for Pollock in in this one. You know, not not terrible. He he was fine. I don't think anyone was was great in this one. You know, I think the thing with Pollock is you, you see some you, you see in these games, especially the, the the home fixtures where Andrews is pushing up a little bit more. You see that little bit of uh, vulnerability when it comes to space. You know, defending in space, having to get forced into those wide areas and and, and tuck in behind. Andrews just to kind of clean up when necessary. He can be a bit exposed there. I think he's good when he's you know in those central positions. He's able to to uh, be simple with it, be kind of authoritative in in that central position, head things, clear things. That's his kind of that's his you know favoured area of the pitch. Once you're kind of asking him to run, you know we, we saw the yellow cards. You know this is the potential for more. He you know he could have got sent off arguably as well, um, with from an accumulation of yellow cards. He kind of got a little bit fortunate too. Um, but he, he's you know, he's a young player that's learning so I still think there was overall especially looking at the two performances as a collective still positive mm. a superb goal from Josh Bowler was um, was Matty Pollock at fault at all for, for the way that Bowler was able to get the opportunity yeah I mean in terms of in terms of his at his part in that goal it's it's difficult it's obviously really well played from Bowler I think you know, we, we see we see him kind of occupy a little bit of a, a more advanced position. He kind of comes in to to try and make a play on the ball there. You know, would he have been smarter to to maybe play a little bit safer and not apply that pressure? Perhaps. You know, I think Bowler still does really well to to evade, and you know, he also cuts instead of Lewis too. And mm. because Bowler's trying to get back into position, he's he's in a little bit of no man's land. He can't quite apply pressure again. He's not quite deep enough to 
really make a block on the ball. You know, I think this is something that we've seen. You know, the, we, we have a tendency to apply pressure from centre-backs quite early. You know, Porteous is the, the real example there. We, we, we talk about his his role in the team and how often he's kind of caught out because he's driving forwards. Obviously, some of that is instruction. Some of that is his own intuition and, and decisions to, to kind of time these presses when he does. It's risky. You know, I, th- I think this one, Pollock probably thought he could either get a touch on the ball or at least pressure bowler out um, you know, even if it's a foul that he gives away just not really allow that space to get in at goal I think bowler does really really well to, to to kind of find his way towards that and then obviously the shot is is really good as well so a little bit unfortunate you know not great from him but you know generally those sorts of mistakes or those sorts of decisions aren't going to cost him a goal um, it was a good bit of individual play and I think it's a little bit unfortunate. What about you? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought as though um, maybe he dives in a little bit and that gives Bowler the opportunity to get past him. But then Lewis is there covering. Yeah. So I feel like Lewis also doesn't really help himself there by, I don't know, missing the ball or, or jumping over it. I'm not quite sure how he manages mm. to avoid not tackling him there, but neither of them really did that great in the, in the situation. And um, look, to be fair, at that point, Bowler really has no right to score from there. So he does very well to to whip that um, to the top left-hand corner and, and fair play. It's a good goal. But it shouldn't have got to that point where he had the chance to shoot, I don't think. Given the space we were occupying and the players that we had in, in those areas, it looked like we had a couple of chances to get that ball away and we, and we didn't manage to, to do yeah. it. So disappointing. Um, I mentioned Lewis there. He didn't have a great game for me either. Um, what was your opinion of Lewis... Uh, and also, if we can expand a bit on his on his recent games in the side, um, how has his levels been for you? Yeah, Lewis is a it could be a bit of a frustrating player. I think, you know, I think in possession he's quite he could be quite tidy. Um, I think he makes some decent runs forward. You know, he gets involved in the build up play, he, and he didn't have a good game against Cardiff. I think defensively he looked vulnerable, um, but he, he does contribute going forward. You know, he's involved in the play quite a lot. Um, on the ball quite a lot he doesn't give it away a ton you know he, three key passes in the game but you, you look at the the defensive side of things and that's when you start to to kind of be a little bit concerned with positioning um, you know turnover of the ball it does happen although he can be consistent in possession at times he can be quite he, relatively expansive he can play the ball forward he's got a decent left foot he does have a tendency maybe not in this game against Cardiff as much but he, he can give it away a little bit too much as well but I just think positioning you just can hurt us you know we haven't got the most mobile centre back talk about Matty Pollock on the right it's a similar situation on the left Wes Hoop's not really wanting to be in that position too too much I think the best thing I can say for Lewis is that he he has developed or he did, had developed an understanding with Kone um, with, with Kone and also Ken Semmer I think it's hurt him a little bit Ken being out of the team um, I think it's maybe kind of shown a few more weaknesses to his game but you know he, to, right now I'd say he's not quite the player we saw at Norwich I think he's performing a little bit below that um, I, I still think he's our best option at left back currently but he, he's he's going through a bit of a rough patch I'd say in some in some ways I think yeah I mean I think he's he's someone that can just I think he can lack a bit of physicality at times I think the defensive area of the game is something that just he, he lacks somewhat and it's the same with the backup too you know we've got two left backs that you can walk over a little bit and against pace and power they struggle I think in possession, you can you can get something out of them. I like the runs he makes. He can be useful with the ball. He can get crosses in. Um, he makes those underlapping runs at times as well, which is, is obviously useful. But I think he's 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 definitely giving up chances for us. So you know, can he improve? Yes, we've seen better performances from him this season, kind of earlier on pre pre injury that he just came back from recently. 
Um, but he's just not looking quite the part right now. And I think, you know, with him being here on loan, I think left back's a situation that we're, we're going to have to rectify in, in some manner in the summer. And I, I, I can't see it being uh, with Jamal Lewis at this point, just through the inconsistency that we've kind of had from him. Just looking at a couple of the stats from the game, Jordan, um, a couple that really stand out to me. Watford had 10 corners, not able to do anything from, from any of those. I mean, that's that's bad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you got we had lots of corners. We, you know, we, we had 17 shots in the game. Um, only six on target, though. Only six on that's target, yeah. One third of those shots actually troubled the goalkeeper. Yeah. I mean, we're desperately short up top. And um, I suppose this leads us on to the, the, the next point is really in the transfer window, we... We were kind of expecting to do something there. Maybe maybe we shouldn't have expected it because we are very well aware of the situation that we're in with um, with Mr. Pozzo. But um, we do look very light up top, Jordan. Um, we, we got rid of a, a striker in the, um, in the transfer window. Um, and all we really did was bring in Emmanuel Dennis, but... The manager's come out quite quickly and said that he sees him as a as a winger and not as a striker. So it, it leaves us just with Bio or Ryevich. And um no, I'm not that confident in either of them, to be honest. Yeah, yes, it's it's a problem. I, mean, I don't think it'd be I mean, I don't think it's even though he's he's come out and said that, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that we do see him in the central position. Um I, I think, you know, touching on Dennis, I I think he was the best part of the Cardiff game. When he came on, he he was our sign of life. Um, he was making good runs, getting wide, getting balls into the box, getting shots away. He was certainly our uh, our best player for me. Um, he looked he looked the best player on the pitch once he was introduced. So that gives you a little bit of hope offensively. You know, the thing I will say, we should be productive from the wings. Um, we should be finding ways to score from those positions. That's always kind of been what we've been looking for, you know, the, the goal scoring is is obviously important centrally, but when your strength is on the wing, do you want someone that can incorporate those wingers and get them into attacking positions, whether it's the, the central midfielders, the fullbacks, and the striker, you know, ideally all of those components working in unison to, to create opportunities. And I don't mind if the goals are spread around a bit. I think that should be our, our MO, but um, we're struggling to get them involved. Uh, you know, Bio was a little bit quiet. He had some decent pressing, but... Things can be a little bit loose sometimes. I do think he obviously offers more in that position, but it is somewhat of a concern. You know, we've got to find ways to to be more consistent. And I think Dennis gives you some of that, gives you some threat, um, gives you some versatility. I think that forward line can become a little bit more mobile, a little bit more fluid with the introduction of someone like Dennis. You know, you don't have to kind of stick to um, two wingers in those kind of traditional positions in a striker. There can be a little bit more movement. Um, get some players into the box and, and find some ways because we are a little bit toothless right now. You know, we don't look um, like we're playing with that intensity. And I think I think uh, Valerian Ismail kind of said something along the, along the lines of um, we need to be obsessed, try and get that ball over the line. And I think that that urgency was lacking a little bit, bar Dennis. And you know, if, if we can kind of bring the other players into that level of enthusiasm in, in the kind of the offensive parts of the game, then you'd, you'd hope we'd be a little bit more successful. You know. Ismail's always thrived on creating that chaos and that energy in the opposition third. And we're not really seeing that. We're looking a little bit pedestrian, a little bit slow, a little bit cautious. We put a lot of crosses in the box. We weren't really filling it, um, creating that threat that we that we really needed to. I think it was something like third. Um, after, I'm just trying to find the number of crosses that went into the box in the game. It was, it was, it was high. Um, but we're not capitalising and that's that's got to change. Otherwise, we are going to find ourselves in a position we are drawing and, and, and losing these games that 
really we should be finding ways to win. What else did you take from the game? What 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 points did you pick up on that you thought you wanted to mention? You know, I think for me it's just a, it's it's really just the, the lack of intensity. You know, we we looked too casual. You know, lots of possession, obviously sixty two percent controlled the ball, had more shots. Uh, we didn't play with the energy that we needed. And I think, as I said earlier on in the podcast, you know, part of that is fatigue. Part of that is a lot of minutes in these players. We've got a small squad. Obviously, that's a problem for us. Um, something we've failed to address in the window. But um, it, it kind of comes through onto the pitch in, in these sorts of matches. And you, know, you, you can want us to be obsessed. You want us to have that energy and so on. But it is tough for those guys as well because they are playing a lot of football and we are a little bit thin. So... I think what it identifies to me is we, we need some other way of playing at times too. You know, we need to incorporate a little bit of higher, higher, te- higher tempo, higher intensity football really hard. And you, you need to kind of don't address that squad size too well. Um, it's something that's difficult to employ. But when you look at those games, like this Cardiff game, for example, when when you are kind of being a little bit, a little bit pedestrian, a little bit slow, not really being that incisive, you're taking a lot of half chances, swinging the balls in the box and hoping you've got to find ways to, to to create disruption for that that Cardiff defence. And you know, I think at times I'd like to see us be a little bit more vertical, go, go forward a little quicker, play a little bit more direct. We don't have to be so um, intent on re- retaining possession you know, throughout the whole game. You look at the kind of passing network of, of the team against Cardiff and, you know, a lot of that possession is coming as expected between the left-back, centre-backs and goalkeeper. It's not really kind of holding the ball in the offensive third too much. We do have the field t- field tilt advantage, yes, but it's not with any real, real threat. Um, so that has to be something on the mind of Valerian Ismail coming into the, the remaining games this season. Who played well for you, Jordan? Um, did, did anyone? I, yeah, I mean, I don't... No one, no one exceeded what I expected of them for that for that game. You know, I don't think anyone was fantastic. I think Kone came into it a little bit later on. Uh, the, you know, the, the standout for me was was Dennis off the bench. Really, um, if you had to say, you know, who played, who kind of made an impact, it was it was really him. Um, and in, in some ways, him alone. Livermore at all? Livermore was fine. He, you know, he didn't. It was a game that he wasn't really particularly active in. He did what what Jake Livermore does, but. Um, you know, games like that, I think something you'd be looking at is, for, for me, I think we're, we're always going to rue the fact that we don't have someone that can occupy that 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 position that has that that kind of range of passing, the tempo in possession that can really spur you on in games like this. You know, I think having someone that could be in that position, if we take off Jake Livermore, uh, we make a change later on in the game, and you know I think that's all well and good. But if we could, if we could have someone just a little bit more presence in midfield from a possession standpoint, that could maybe make you a little bit more incisive and and, and perhaps throw you forward a little quicker, a little better. Then you know maybe that's a good alternative. We don't have that, so it's, it's tough. You know we have to change shape a little bit and and find other ways. But he wasn't stand out in terms of um, you know a, a positive performance for me. Okay, um, going into the transfer window. Um, Towards the back end, after we potted last, we we mentioned that we felt light in midfield, and we also looked like we wanted to add uh, up top. Neither of those things happened. Um, the one transfer we made was um, the signing permanent of of Georgie Chakvatatsi for a fee quoted in the region of two million ish. Is that right, Jordan? Yeah. Um, firstly, what was your thoughts on the um, lack of incomings? Yeah. Um, and and then we can move on to the Georgie, uh, the Georgie deal. 
Yeah, you know, I think the lack of incomings is is an issue. You know, we've touched on it obviously quite a few times, and I think everyone pretty much agrees the squad's very thin. Um, we're light in quite a few positions, and if we are really serious about pushing for that playoff spot, we have to cover some bases. This is not new to us. You know, we've how many times in the story of the window been for us? We're desperate to bring in someone, ends up being a free agent perhaps after the window. Like kind of these situations come around quite a lot, and that is down to. Uh, the risks that we take quite often as a as a club, you know, the owner's quite happy to to enter the season with a single left back, or you know, you, you kind of when your starters is out for the first two months. These, these sorts of things happen quite a lot for us, and we we knew in the summer, you know, we've got some problem areas here and a couple of injuries or a couple of players not performing to expectation, and uh, and and you look in 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 somewhat well in trouble, and I think that's kind of where we are. You'd hope we'd address it. You know, I saw Valerian Ismail mentioned that there were some players that they were targeting, they were trying to get a deal over the line and things didn't go through. Um, but late on in the window like that, you know, those things happen. And it, it, it's worrying when you when you have targets that you're not able to get because you're pushing it so late, you know, especially when we're not. Ideally in January, it should be opportunistic. It should be a time where you, deals might arise that can strengthen you and push you over the edge there. Um, or something might come up that's, that you weren't expecting. You can you can make little additions, but using it as a as a solution each season is is never going to be successful, especially when you're not even actually trying to use it that well. You know, obviously Dennis coming in, but we're not going out there and spending money in January. We're not bringing in loans. We're not really kind of looking to to improve the squad, and it's 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 not great. Um, but this is a larger issue with with the recruitment in general um, and kind of what they're sanctioned to do, what they're allowed to do, the freedom they have, the limitations that are placed on them. Um, an overall short-term strategy leaves you with uh, with short-term issues and, and, and longer-term issues as well. Okay. Um, can I ask you a question about what you put on Twitter recently, uh, answering a, a big question? Is it the way that Val intends to play stylistically over the next 12 months? Is that the... Yeah, I mean, I think the question, the question you're referring to was kind of, you know, what are the issues? You know, what should we be looking to address? You know, how should we be operating in in recruitment? Is that one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, as I said, you know, you you make a decision now. um, Your expectations have to, it depends on the expectations. are. If the owner expects us that we should be challenging, then, you, you know, Ismail has to play a certain way. He has to, he has to do things to, to make the most of what he has and win now. If, if you're talking about what's best for the team um, going forward, what's best for the club, you know, you could you could make a strong argument for saying that there's going to be lots of pieces gone next year. You know, lots of these players I, I expect to be um, moving elsewhere. I think we will cash in on our talent in the summer. We kind of have to in some ways. Those more saleable assets, I think, would be would be kind of dumb not to to cash in on. There's going to be a lot of work that has to be done in in the summer window, um, kind of regardless of of kind of what we want to do. So you got to be proactive. And I, I'd say, look, what what does he want to do next year? What does he want to do, kind of going forward? What's the plan? What's the style? What's he going to have at his disposal? You might as well start implementing some of that now. Um, you still obviously make use of the talent you have, but I, I don't know if he has the freedom to do so. I don't know if he thinks that he has that that time obviously we've been giving him more time than we have any other manager we've given him a new, a new contract and so on but there is still a level of immediacy which kind of falls on his head I think um, I, I think the angle of disappointment from fans doesn't come from the short term I think it's because we're looking into the long term and that, that goes to the window too um, this January window you feel there's that kind of no real plan to go forwards and otherwise we'll be starting to see that come through and we haven't so 
it's uh, we're in a bit of limbo, I'd say, um, and how we kind of I think we're kind of fi- going to find ourselves taking a bit of a half measure um, between now and the end of the season from kind of all aspects. Mm. We, we looked at midfield as an area that needed um, another body. We thought that there was a good chance that Etienne Kamara might come from Udinese, um, at, at least on loan. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. He's actually been sold um, to a team who has something to do with um, the agent supreme Mogi Bayat. What can we um, talk about with regards to that one, Jordan? Yeah, no, I think you just kind of covered it, really. I think that's pretty much where where that deal is. You know, obviously, it's um, it's another deal that's kind of the, the placement of the player is influenced by the agent, obviously, and uh, it, it's favourable to, I guess, all parties. But uh, yeah, there's, there's there is that influence there. You know, I think he was at the game on Saturday again, wasn't he? And that's just there is a connection there. So that yeah. chauffeur driven by Mr. Posser, apparently. Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know where <laughs> I heard that. I don't. I didn't see the original. Um, original kind of tweet or whatever it was that, that disclosed that information but you know I mean that's where we are Look, I think we've, we've talked about buyout a lot um, clearly there's still some work work being done there I think you know that's something that as I, I was saying on Twitter a, a, again in a the, in the conversation with someone regarding this we want to look to the future we want to look longer term we don't really have someone in place for that right now Nani's a temporary solution obviously Ben Manga you could say good or bad about him we didn't really get to see enough to kind of go too heavy either way I'd say but at least we had someone that was trying to trying to long game this thing a little bit. We don't have that right now, and that puts you back three or four windows instantly. So our starting point, our starting point really comes in the summer, and I, I don't expect us to be fully prepared unless we go ahead and make that decision now and bring someone in, be proactive about it. You know, we're kicking that can down the road again. We've talked about it a million times, but but here we are, and we we've got a lot of work to do. So I don't think the likes of um, Murga Bayer are going to be enough to. Uh, to get us in playoff contention anytime soon, um, we need to see some. We need to see some some movement uh, behind the scenes. Yeah, and quick. And the link there was Medi Bayat, wasn't it? Who is a uh, Moggy's brother? Mm-hmm. Who is at the yeah. the club in question that uh, that Kamara has gone to? Um, yeah, use uh, vacuum bio and stuff has been the link previously with us and them, hasn't it as well? Yeah, it, it, it disappointed because he he felt like he was the ideal person who could have helped us, and I guess that deal in itself kind of describes to us the lack of interest or willingness to to really see the, the picture clearly from from Mr. Potter because surely everyone else has, has noticed that um you know we're we're quite light in midfield. That was a, a good option for us. A loan would have not really harmed his uh his you know his his back pocket too much. But yeah, but um the deal wasn't done. Yeah, you know, maybe the, the game time, guaranteed game time or better chance of game time and maybe living in Belgium is more appealing to the player as well has to be considered. But, you know, it, it's one it's one of a, a few possible deals that just didn't happen. So I, I think the important thing was to get something done. Obviously, you just don't want players for the sake of it. Ismail said the same thing. You know, we want to get the right player in, not just a player, which is which is fine. Obviously, you don't really necessarily have that luxury as much in this in this window. Um that that we weren't active enough. Simply, we just simply weren't. Um, we're weaker now than we were going into it. Obviously, we've got a quality player in Dennis. Had to see how he does, but the squad's not better, um, and, and we're further into a season. It doesn't take much, and and, and we're in a worse position. So um, we're taking a risk again. You know, if we get into the playoffs, it'll be it'll be really impressive um, because we have taken quite a few 
uh, quite a few risks in regard to uh, to squad building. Mm. With regards to what other clubs did, um, I'm sure there was a few people looking over at Ipswich thinking, oh God, I wish we could have done that. Two strikers in, um, one with the, the potential to be really something um, in, in Ali Al-Hamadi and um, someone who knows exactly where the goal is in Kiefer Moore, who... Um, you know, was was highly sought after by a lot of clubs. Disappointing in two ways, really, because I I, I think uh, Kiefer Moore is is really the sort of player that um, you know Val could have utilised, but perhaps there was always going to be a problem over getting him with regards to the wage structure. But um, I mean, the the Ali Al Hamadi one. I mean, um, people like Lou Horns were talking about him for several months prior to that deal being made with Ipswich and he, he wouldn't have really cost a lot. In fact, that two million that we've recently spent on Georgie Chakvatatsi could have been enough to to bring Ali in. And um, you know, instead it's been used to to sign someone permanently that was already going to be here for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't think of it too much of, of money used on him rather than than bringing the strike necessarily. We but the thing that we're, that those clubs are ahead of us in terms of their their squad building. These are teams that have been accumulated over a number of years. Obviously, they they stuck to um, quite quite closely to the team that got them promoted and, and worked with those players. They've had that freedom, that kind of thought to to build that team over over a you know decent amount of time. And and they can make additions, they can make changes. And and this is what I was talking about previously. They're, they can be light on their feet in the market because they've got certain positions they need to address. They can help at. They can find help at. And they've got. A consistent style of target in mind. They can they can address. They can they can pre-plan, and they can have contingencies. Whereas we're very we're very kind of reactionary, um, seeing what comes up at the time. There's, there doesn't seem to be too much depth to our thinking in that regard. So, you know, they're a smarter club than us right now, and that's just the reality of the situation. So we're not going to go in and compete for a player like that. That's just not going to be our our mo right now. We're going to find other opportunities and if it doesn't arise then we'll we'll go over what we've got and you know we can talk about the owner kind of his his kind of how, how into this is the owner is he thinking about getting out is he waiting for investment is it what what's happening we don't know entirely but everything's pointing towards um some struggle there right now and and these sorts of signings you know the the, 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 the striker market in this league has been very very difficult um they're not easy to find i think it's been a tough window to operate operate in but we haven't had much flexibility in terms of that at all ourselves. We've not really found any way of doing so. Um, you know, Georgie Chaffetadze, he, he is a player we have right now. Obviously, we, we kind of had him on loan for the rest of the season. We don't know the exact structure of the deal. It might have been beneficial to the club. You know, I have to assume it would be beneficial to the club to activate that deal now as opposed to waiting towards the end of the season where it might have been more expensive or, you know, perhaps there would have been more freedom um, for his parent club to to look at different options as well. We don't do things because they benefit the player in the short term or, you know, I know there was talk about him being more settled by knowing he's here longer term. That's not really how we, we do things. If we have activated the deal, there's some financial incentive for us to do so. Obviously, it's, you know, structured differently, perhaps, perhaps the payments are over a longer period. I'm sure it's not too many up front, so it shouldn't have affected our... Um, our ability to to kind of work in this market as much, and you know, we, we've even had this Marseille there as well. You know, two players that they didn't go over the line, one being a loan, one being a permanent move. So we clearly had some money we were willing to part with in in some capacity, whether it's wages, loan fee, or a transfer fee for a player that was contracted to a club. We just didn't do the, we just didn't do the business. We didn't get it done, um, and we didn't have the plan, the the backups in place to to go through to make sure we got someone in. 
um, to help. So, you know, we can talk about Ipswich, we can talk about those sorts of teams, but unfortunately they're, they're a few steps away from us right now. Did the Georgie one um, feel good to you, Jordan? Are, are you pleased that he's signed permanently or do you think he needed a bit more time to impress or has he has he earned the uh, the signing? No, I'm pleased with it, honestly. I think he's a good player. Um, I, I really like him. I think he improves us. I think he's one that could come into his own a little bit more even next season. I think he's someone that you can... He, he, he has a certain level of awareness, um, technicality that you only really see in the rest of the team and someone like Aspria. Yeah, I, I think he'll be a useful asset. Um, I like his energy. He's quite tireless. I, I think he's a really good player for this level. I think he could be really good or I think it could be average depending on kind of what's around him um, and, and, and what Ismail is able to do in terms of his his team building. But, you know, we, as I said earlier, we're going to lose a lot of players next year. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, especially the way we've operated in the window, the players we brought in, we've had quite a few misses. I'm not going to be too disappointed with us tying down a good player um, over what could be a you know difficult or at least a turbulent summer. Yeah, he's um he's really looked better and better as as he's as he's gone on, and he's now starting games so, yeah. as we as we mentioned in the last pod. And I'd have to agree with you there. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the deal, even though it's disappointing that um you know we weren't able to add anything else. Um, Val actually mm-hmm. said when he was questioned, um, were you in the market for anyone? He said that we were in the market for a a left-sided central defender and we were also in the market for a midfielder. One was a loan, one was a transfer. I didn't mention which was which, but if we can perhaps assume or guess that maybe um, Kamara was the the midfielder uh, and a loan, then possibly um, the the centre-back might have been Marco Pellegrino. What do you think? Honestly, I hadn't heard I hadn't heard anything concrete in those names. Um, I'm not sure. To be honest with you, it's, it's really tough to say. Um, you know, potentially, I, I yeah, I, honestly, it's really hard to say. I know those names are thrown about, but there's it's, it's been a little bit. The, the leagues haven't been what they used to be in some regards in terms of individual names as, as such. But I'm not entirely sure they could have been operating a different market. I think one of the players was domestic, from what I have heard. Okay. But I don't have a name, so it's hard to it's hard to say too too much on that. To be honest, fair enough. Um. Disappointed that we didn't add at the, the back as well, Jordan. I know that was an area that you was interested in. Yeah, in particular. Yeah, no, I think look, man, I think we're weak. I think, uh, I think I'm disappointed we didn't add anywhere. You know, there's there's lots of positions that I think we could have addressed and, and we just didn't. So, um, like I'm not overly happy with with the kind of shape of the squad. I like a lot of the, the I like a lot of the players in there. I do like some of the personalities in there. I like the coach in, in a lot of ways, and I think you know we might be able to overachieve a little bit, but we're just asking so much of, of the players and of the staff to, to get something out of this team, out of this team. And, you know, if we do, if we do manage to do that, then a lot of credit goes down to those individuals that are involved right now, I'd say. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, to be fair, he's, he's already doing that, isn't he? He's already getting quite a lot out of a, a team that for most of the season has been pretty thin. Am I right in saying that we've got the smallest squads of the whole championship? I think we've used the fewest players potentially. Um, I'd have to double check players, that. Right. Um, but, you know, we're, we're a young team too. You know, we averaged relatively young anyway. We, I think we averaged 25 years on on the kind of starting lineup on, on Saturday. And that's including, you know, Jake Livermore that throws it up a little bit too. Um, we're quite a young side and we've got a few guys now that, that are kind of likely to pick up a few a few injuries and you've got the Ngakias and the Syriatas and the, those guys that miss quite a few so yeah it's um, it is tough on a small squad it's really tough mm. perhaps we shouldn't be that surprised that, um, that signings weren't made there's been quite a bit of talk about the off the field matters of, of Mr Pozzo and he's currently um, going through a bit of a hard time isn't he well, I think I think I think it's I think, I mean, I think the the allegations surrounding the surrounding transfer fees that took place during his time as as owner or part owner of Granada, and you know, obviously, there's been some issue there, and it's it's not the first time. We don't know the ins and outs, we don't know the full details, but um, it you can't argue that it's going to draw some attention away from from what's going on at uh, um, at Watford as well, and it's just another it's just another aspect to a little bit of a, a shady situation and a shady time at the club. You know, a lot of a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. We're not fully really clear on, and it's just another layer of that. It feels like now. A few people are saying, Jordan, that it feels like somebody who's preparing for a sale in the in the in the transfer dealings that is being made, sort of. I's being dotted, T's being crossed, nothing really being done with it that's going to jeopardise yeah. that sale potentially down the road. Does that does it feel like that to you, or, or is it people looking at something they want to see rather than actually seeing something? Yeah, I mean, in a way, it does. But I think the most concrete stuff we've had has, has been that investment um, potential, hasn't it, from the states and. You know that that sounded like it, it included some level of co-ownership or you know in, in investment of the club. It's not not taking over fully for Gina, perhaps down the line, but initially, most likely not the case. So, you know, maybe he's hanging on for that. Maybe he is looking to move. It's, it's difficult, but th- this does feel the least. You know, we're often disappointing in January. We are anyway, but this this does seem like there's there's been the least attention paid to. Um, the severity of the situation, I would say. Okay, okay. Let's move on to the FA Cup then. We've got a, a game tomorrow night. Um, we were saying how the, the, the players looked a bit fatigued against Cardiff, um, and that came with a, a midweek game against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Southampton coming up again now in the in the uh, the reverse fixture after the, after the replay was earned a week and a bit ago. What do you expect? Jordan, with the championship clearly the priority, do you think there'll be some changes from the side that last stepped out against Cardiff? I'd be very surprised if he didn't make quite a few. Um, I don't think either team are particularly motivated to add another fixture even now. Um, you know, we've seen Dennis isn't travelling. I think this must have that yeah. today. Um, not through injury, just because he wants to give him more time to train, which I think is fair. I think we should use this as an opportunity to, to give some guys minutes that, that maybe need it or haven't had the the opportunity as such but 
I look at the I look at the lineup from Saturday, and I'm not overly inclined to give more minutes to the the Ryan Andrews and the Wesley Hoots and Livermore Kone. You know, these guys I think can can do with that rest. And you know, it's unfortunate. I wouldn't. I would quite like an FA Cup run. I think most people would, but we know what comes after this game. And if we are going to have any shot of the championship playoffs, then kind of every match counts at this point for me. And I think the same is probably be kind of in, in Ismail's mind as well. No one really wants this fixture. Mm. I mean, the FA Cup can, can give you some lots of opportunities. I mean, I think it was last season, was it against Reading that um, we, we kind of saw Ryan Andrews for the first time. Uh, I mean, perhaps yeah. we've got the opportunity to see uh, somebody else from the under twenty three step up and 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 do something for us. Um, there's been a lot of talk yeah. recently about one player in particular who has been making the bench um, in recent fixtures, but hasn't really had a chance to get on yet. But he didn't actually make the bench in the last fixture, Jack Greaves. But he he has been um, in fixtures previous to that. Uh, is he probably the closest under twenty three with the obvious aside of Andrews is already firmly established that we have to um, kind of making the breakthrough. I mean, he seems to be the one, doesn't he? He seems to be the one that's closest and he has made the bench a few times. Um, I think this is a good chance to play him. You know, you said the Cubs a good opportunity. I agree. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be throwing him in um, and, and give him the go in, in this sort of match. So he's not playing for the 21s really. He's kind of got an opportunity here, I think, to to use him and see a little bit about him and or find out a little bit about him in a competitive situation. The role that he plays, could he help us at all this season? It's tough. It's tough. You know, I think we have to see him to know. You know, I can't say that I've watched him enough, but um, the fact that he's not been included off the bench even really, you know, it, it suggests that, that Valerian Isma doesn't think he's ready. You know, benefits from being around the first team, given those those minutes in training, kind of being around those senior pros and and, and the kind of the, the higher level coaching that's going to be on offer. And, you know, perhaps he must rate him in some regard. Um, and you know, if he if he played tomorrow, maybe we'd find out the answer to that question a little bit more. Because mm. I thought he played as a ten, but that's not really a role that we have a space for at the moment, is it? I mean, we don't really play with, with ten. Well, I mean, there's this there's flexibility. You know, the way we operate with the number eights there, there's they're kind of a bit of a hybrid position themselves. They're going to have attacking responsibility. You can go, you can lean into a little bit more of an attacking minded player there. Even Shaq Vitatse, for example, he he plays in that central position for us too, and yeah. he, he's he's more offensively minded, but he he's able to to offer something defensively through his movement, um, through his tenacity, rather than his ability to you know get into tackles and, and break the play up. It's, it's it's about timing and it's about using or sort of closing down space. So there's nothing to stop a more offensively minded player like Greaves playing in that position, um, so long as he kind of understands what's required of him off the ball. Um, he should be fine. So I would be curious. He's the one that I'd be kind of keeping an eye out for, kind of just looking at the bench in terms of what wasn't playing. You know, Tom Ince may be able to get some minutes in there. Um, Portis can come back in. Maybe you see James Morris back at left back. Um, and, and some of those guys that are getting a little bit closer to fitness with the the Ken Semmer, for example, on the left, mm. that, that, that might be able to get a start potentially kind of coming back. I think that, I think his, his first game back was the previous match against Southampton, wasn't it? So... Um, you know, Ryevich even, is he going to start and, and, and get those minutes and, and, you know, kind of force his way back into the team? Who knows? It, it, this is what I'd be thinking if I was Ismail personally. Speaking of the, the central area, Spreer was played quite centrally, wasn't he, for fast periods against Cardiff? That experiment didn't look particularly successful. Yeah, he played from the left predominantly, but he, he did, you know, he does get in those central positions too. Um, we've seen him from the left and against Wednesday as well. And, um, 
we're still kind of finding the place a little bit, you know, seeing Martin's on the right-hand side as well. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's one that we're still not entirely sure on. I think it's, it's been changing. Um, I'm not sure how we'll. It really depends how we'll how we'll go. But he can play in the central position. You know, you know, the same thing I said about Greaves. He can do the, the exact same thing. And I think he's he's quite good there. But he, he he's looking a little bit more kind of. Um, he's looking more comfortable attacking his winger this season. I'd say attacking his fullback a little bit more. I'd say this season he's able to get him behind a, a touch more. And we saw that again um, in, in the previous home. Who was a home game before Cardiff? Uh, what wasn't it? Southampton. Southampton, sorry, when I said QBR, Southampton when he went and won the free kick and so on from the left. So he's able to play a little bit more and I'm, I'm curious to see how we kind of move on with that um, over the next few games because whilst we started the season quite confident in who we thought were kind of those starting players in those outside positions, now it's moved around quite a bit and it's, it's less certain. Mm. One one positive uh, new, bit of news, um, Leighton Orient doing very well and Shaq Ford got his first double of the season, scoring quite a few for them this season I know we spoke about him I think it was even on the last pod but um, I still think that he's got a chance next season of um, being integrated a bit into the squad if he can carry on playing well for, for Leighton Orient this season maybe he can make the step up to the championship No absolutely yeah you know, I think it, uh, like him getting minutes is, is the best thing for him playing playing assistant football and scoring goals that's great to see you know obviously uh, Ismail seemed to rate him in some capacity he was operating as a six in pre-season for us wasn't he um, when Serialta wasn't on the pitch, of course he was. Yeah, that was that was that was peculiar, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I remember. That. So, that, so there's definitely something there in him that, that Ismail likes as well. You know, I think yeah, you know, we're in a position right now with strikers that you could really put an argument for any of those guys coming in and playing now, obviously. But I think I think it's really good for his development that he's out there playing. Obviously, he got a, he got a loan last year. You know, kind of stepping up a level this year and, and playing and being productive. This this preseason will be kind of a big one for him and us in in terms of um, in terms of his career at Watford. But it, it, it's great to see that um, that he's out there doing well. And obviously, we kind of done the same or hoping to do the same thing with Eduardo as well, who who came on for Gillingham um, at the weekend too. So you know, potentially two players we can reassess the um, start of next season and, and somehow integrate. You know, we touched on earlier how many players we're, we're potentially going to be without and we'll be moving on. Those two guys might become key assets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Southampton up next then um, a bit of a nothing game that one and then um, back to the league and not an easy one Leicester who are flying away with this division probably mm. going to be the toughest game of the season I think maybe that one yeah tough game tough game obviously um, but you know I think one thing that we have really shown is that we can be quite effective as a counter-attacking team uh, I think I'm interested to see how we play here. You know, we had that little spell of positive results um, around Christmas time, and a lot of that came from these sorts of games. We are going to be a little bit more off the ball. We're not having to kind of focus on that that control of possession and, and, and breaking through defenses. I think we can be effective um, playing with that pace and power that we do have, uh, especially at the right right back position and the wing positions. If we can utilize that, and we can start to bring in someone like Dennis. I mean, we might see ourselves kind of pose a little bit of a a um, little bit of a threat to that Leicester team. Obviously, a tough game, no doubt. It's it's not ideal, but um, I do have in, I have a little bit of confidence, or at least I'm intrigued to see how um, how we do in that one. Hmm, as am I. I think it might be a good opportunity to reset a little bit and, and give ourselves a little bit of a boost. Should we be able to get a result in that? Yeah, and we actually didn't play too badly against Leicester in, in, until Vardy came on. Actually, we were kind of in the game a bit, but uh, you know they, mm-hmm. they just have quality in areas that. Um, you know, their bench is, is great, isn't it? But 
it was after Leicester we went on that little run, mm. wasn't it, of, of some decent performances. So um, I think, it, yeah. So you know, we, we've got a, we've got a few difficult games, obviously. So I'm 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 interested to see, but that one is is definitely one that will stick out. And just a couple of days after that, I think we're away at Norwich as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Good to see. Good stuff. Then um, I think that will do us. Thanks very much, Jordan, for 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 joining me. Um, Tom will hope to be back for the next one when we're discussing probably both the Southampton and the Leicester game as a wanna. Um, anything you want to add, Jordan, before we before we finish the day? Yeah, no, I think that's all good. Um, yeah, good to catch up and uh, looking forward to going over the fallout of the next one too. Nice. Okay. Um, just a reminder that if you want to um, send us a review, uh, we'd very much love to receive it. All you have to do is go to um, the Watford Buzz podcast on the Apple Podcasts section. Go down, go down to the bottom, give us a rating out of five, and we will read it out on the show. Um, in recent weeks, Matthew Koo and uh, the Gauch have done just that. And um, they left us very lovely reviews indeed. So if you want to join them, please do uh, go along to Apple Podcasts. Um, thanks very much then. We'll be back in uh, about a week's time. Um, stay strong and uh, we'll get through these two games and then hopefully we can move on to uh, bigger and better things. That is, of Sounds course, good. if we don't manage to pick up uh, three points and a victory through to the next round of the cup. I've got my fingers crossed still. Probably have my toes crossed as well. You never know. Worst things can happen. Keep the hope. Bye-bye. See you later.